Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast with me, your host, the host of the most, the Mad Chat, Ryan MK. Yeah. Don't forget to check me out on Instagram at RMK Madness. Thank you for joining the show once again. Hope you've been well. Hope you've been well. Pretty good here at the Madhouse MK, if I don't say so myself. I'm uh, <clears throat> nearing the end of the second Game of Thrones book. Well, really, Song of Ice and Fire. I just, if, because of the show, I get so used to calling the whole thing Game of Thrones. But really, really, the entire series is called A Song of Ice and Fire. The first book is called Game of Thrones. So, yeah. But anyway, nearing the end of the second book, just got through the Battle of Blackwater. Oh, it's fucking intense. You know, one thing I love about Thrones is the chapters. And if, if you're not into any of this, I apologize. <laughs> and if you're a fan of Thrones, but you just know Game of Thrones, the show, you don't know A Song of Ice and Fire, the book series, you need to check it out. It's amazing. But one thing I love about it is the chapters are character viewpoints. There's no numbering. No, it's just this chapter is what's going on, the events unfolding from this character's viewpoint. And then this, so in the Battle of Blackwater, there's a few different people that you're getting their views from during this battle. And I just, so I love the way it's written, Game of Thrones, sorry, Song of Ice and Fire. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. But uh, so I get to, I, I just going through the reread of that, of course, audiobook by way of audiobook, and uh, going through that again at work and, uh, you know, chewing through it after I get through. I got to get through my podcast first. You know, I spend those first couple of days at work going through, you know, my football podcast, my uh, comedy podcast. Uh, you know, I have my stuff I listen to, my UFO podcast. I love getting in on that shit every week. So I have my set of podcasts, and I usually do those first couple of days. And sometimes I get a little in a day, I might get a little bored with the podcasting. So I might switch to some music or go with the book. But uh, I tend to save the music for right before lunch, right before the end of the day, you know, get y'all fired up. <laughs> but particularly at the end of the, uh, of the day, you're all cleaning and shit you gotta gotta have some good music on but i digress so i'm getting through the game of thrones and uh i get to that usually saturday's my big book day so it's fresh in the mind but speaking of work had a bit of a rough week of work missed a day of work thanks to my stomach my stomach's been off more than usual, because I do have IBS, which is the irritable bowel syndrome, and uh, I've just been having issues with it. I've been scoped, you know, down the gullet. I've had a tube down the gullet, had a tube up the ass. There was a few uh, um, non-cancerous, what do they call it, polyps, and when they when they scoped down the gullet, but nothing major. But I have had, as you all Matt Caps, no. I have had a bit of a stressful couple of months 
recently. And uh, so I figured if I was going to be dealing with some major stomach problems, it'd be then. Uh, but maybe now that there's been less chaos the past couple of weeks <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, I've kind of settled back in. Maybe, maybe my body's finally getting to absorb everything that's happened and react to it. And I'm just kind of out of whack. I, I don't know. Beats me. But uh, I dealt with some major tummy problems early in the week or midweek, I guess I would say, early in that work week. It's just not fun. So take care of your gut, people. You know, just take care of yourself, period. It's something I'm trying to get better at, you know, because I know stress doesn't help my stomach and neither does my diet. So I'm trying to do better with my diet. Yeah, that shit's important. And uh, gotta get back on my probiotics. That'll help too. Take care of you. Got take care of yourself. You know, I mentioned dealing with some some mental shit as of recent. Like, so you know, trying to get into therapy just to, you know, comedian Chad Daniels put it best. It, even if you got nothing going on at times, it's great. Just it's like a oil change for your brain. And I just feel that I'm at the point where I'm long overdue, my brain is, for an oil change. <laughs> so, take care of your mentals, as Marshawn Lynch, the beast mode, would say. Take care of your gut, as I would say. And, uh, yeah. But otherwise, you know, I think one thing I do a lot that is good for my health is laugh. <laughs> laugh a lot. We laugh a lot in this household, we do. <clears throat> and my wife and I, um, very strong, I would say. And uh, one of our bonding moments on a daily basis is um, having a little smoky smoke, you know, a little smokery, smokery, smoking a pancake, bowling in the blinks, uh, crepe in a, what was it? Pipe in a crepe, is that it, is that it? Uh, but we have a little smoke, smoke, and watch us some ridiculousness. And not every night, but a lot of nights, it, you know, a little powwow at the end of the night. And uh, we're watching ridiculousness tonight. Because as you mad cats know, you'll, you'll get this Monday, but I'm recording Sunday night because I record at night. I record late at night. Oftentimes into the into the hours of the morning. <laughs> but I record late because I wait till everybody goes to bed so I get my time in with my fam and I record after. And uh, so previously, early or earlier, with the wife watching some ridiculousness, and they just had some funny videos of some cops doing some funny shit at one point. They were trying to catch this dude. He was on a bike. And he basically ran into a cop car and then just fucking, instead of like, <laughs> he must have he must have been in some kind of trouble. I don't know what the, I don't have the full context of the video, but all I know is dude ran into the cop car and then he just started running away and two cops started running after him. But it was like, they're going like, is everybody just jogging here? Like nobody's really trying that hard because it didn't look like any of them were running very fast. And somehow with, you know, the 
the peeps on the show, Chanel, Stilo, Rob, uh, if you've never seen Ridiculousness, it's, it's a show on MTV. And it's just clips of people doing stupid shit generally. Um, and it's funny. And uh, Rob Deirdrick, Stilo Brim, and Chanel West Coast all chill and talk about the videos as they are played. So <clears throat> I'm sure most people who would listen to this, watch this, pay attention to me, probably have an idea of what ridiculousness is anyway. So that was probably worse. But this video is funny. Somehow they all get into talking about, because I think Stilo misheard something and he said something about the cop Olympics. So, and it was all about, yeah, you know, that would be one of the events, like chasing down a criminal. And they got me thinking that would be fucking fantastic. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's if we could use some top Olympics to uh, kind of help separate the good ones from the bad ones. But I imagine there's probably some bad ones who would do well in an Olympic setting. But I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what you have as the events, right? So you got the cop chasing the criminal, but it, it, let's, let's go keep doing that. a speed test. Uh, you know, the, the speed test, <laughs> speed traps, the, who sets the best speed trap, you know, something like that might be interesting, but eh, kind of lame. What about house party breakups? I love when you get into a situation where a cop shows up and there's a bunch of people and they just <laughs> disperse in many a different direction. And then the cop doesn't know what. So what do cops do in that situation? That would be a fun Olympic event. But more importantly, shit like, um, what do they do when you get pulled? Like, pull over a Black person and don't shoot them. That could be an Olympic event, right? Because, I mean, I imagine for, there's a good amount of cops, that'd be pretty easy for, right? You just don't shoot them. Yeah, we don't shoot anybody. That's not what we do. But you know, there's some that would definitely have a hard time with that event because they seem to think, uh, you know, it's, it's just okay to do that kind of thing. This cops guy, you know, immunity and shit. Anyway. Not against cops, not against all cops people. I'm sure those who listen to this, they get my same views, sentiments. We have the same principles. So they know what I'm saying. But for anybody new, not against cops. But there comes a time, I, I'm more irritated that uh, the police force in general across the country has gotten to a point where we're not you know, vetting people enough where it's become too easy to become a cop. I don't like that because that does make it easy, easy access for pissed off people, uh, for prejudiced people, uh, people that really shouldn't have power and a gun and a badge and all of that. I mentioned before, it takes, uh, it took longer for my wife, uh, a, a veteran, by the way, takes longer for my wife took longer for her to get her license for haircut 
yeah, than it does for a cop to get a badge. And some people will argue with that. Well, they got to go to college for four years or whatever. They got to get a degree. Uh, what the fuck ever. When it comes to specific training for that position, my wife went to college too. Specific training for that, for the badge. Less time than specific training to get a license to cut hair. And my wife also being a veteran would tell you that, you know, they're pretty strict in the military as far as when it comes to civilians, you never fire upon them. And if you do, it's at the feet, things like that. So this idea that, oh, the cops need to protect themselves, that's not even what our military, how our military is supposed to handle things. Now, I, that's coming from my wife. I'm no veteran. Tell me, if I was in Vietnam, I would have been one of those motherfuckers, probably dodging the draft, which, which sounds shitty, but I would have been one of those dudes like, I'm not trying to fucking go fight in Vietnam. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, World War II, different story. Give me a rifle. Let's kill some Nazis. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's take, let's take out some Nazis. I'm down. And I get it. I, I know there's lots of situations around the world that aren't great, but it's pretty clear we can't put our nose in all of them. And even more abundantly clear nowadays that we have so much of our own issues. But I've gotten way off track here. <clears throat> way off track so if you hate anything that i've said so far because <laughs> you're new to the podcast you can stop listening it's okay i won't miss you i don't even have that many listeners and i won't miss another one if they don't have the same sensibilities the same kinds of principles we're not going to mesh anyway it's all good deuces for those of you that are fans of the chatter let's continue my madcaps and I'll go back to my final thing with the, the cop Olympics. Is I really think the medals would have to be shaped like donuts, right? <laughs> I think it would be fantastic. Gold, donut, metal, silver donut metal, and a bronze donut metal. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> so yes. And while we're on the topic of food, uh, it's a big week for food, right? It's Turkey Week, and happy Turkey Week, everyone. Um, you know, I was thinking it would have been fun to do something like a Mad Six of, uh, of, of turkey movies, Thanksgiving movies, but there's really no good Thanksgiving movies, is there? I mean, not really. I mean, there's this one. There's this one, uh, a co-worker, buddy of mine, former buddy, showed me a long time ago. It was quite a few years ago. Early in my sobriety. And it's like a, one of those bad horror movies. But it's so bad, it's funny. Um, like Sharknado. Now, Sharknado, <laughs> I rather enjoy, but that's kind of made to be humorous. Um, and maybe the first one wasn't, but you can tell as they, as, as more Sharknadoes came out that they were just rolling with 
you know, the popularity and the humor in it all. And, you know, you could even say they went with some of it in that first, like the first one, he cuts himself out of the shark with the chainsaw. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen. Anyway, it's my kind of humor. I like dumb humor. I like complex humor, but I do like dumb humor. I really, I like most humor. I'm not going to like dark humor, plain humor. Dad jokes sometimes are funny. I'm, I don't find a lot of judgment and objection with humor. So. I, I dig me some dumb humor. And Thanks Killing is the name of this movie. Yes, that's right. Thanks Killing. And it is a horror movie that is so awful that it, it makes you laugh. And I would just, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, just the, the intro, the opening scene is a chick running in woods and she's wearing like a pilgrim outfit, a pilgrim dress, except for it's pulled down, revealing her breasts. And so she's just running through the woods, her boobs all flopping around, and she's bloody. I think she's bloody. It doesn't matter. That's a matter. <laughs> but pilgrim chick running through the woods with her tits out, falls down, and she turns around, and what she sees is this rubber, this rubber turkey. <laughs> and it goes, nice tits, bitch. And then you see a knife raised and come down, and then it says, thanks, kill him. <laughs> Holy shit, it's bad. It is so fucking bad. But I was really high when I watched it the first time. And I was in tears after that because I was laughing so hard. Now, again, not a five-star movie, but it is something that Thanksgiving-wise, if you're feeling a little Thanksgiving-y and you're like, uh, there's no good Thanksgiving movies, this is usually on Netflix. <laughs> and uh, it, it comes out on Netflix every, just about every November, from what I can remember. I haven't checked this year. And uh, check it out. Get really stoned or drunk if you prefer. Not a drinker here, but by all means, teach their own. And enjoy the shit out of some things killing because it is humorous. But really, thanks killing. I mean, you could really use that for Thanksgiving movies because there's a lot of mis- Givings, a lot of misinformation, misgivings, not meant to be a play on words, but, uh, you know, a lot of misinformation about the history of Thanksgiving and, and it's often painted. There's a lot of American history, if you think about it, that's painted in this really like positive light. And really, I don't think enough of us have the, that's why I have people like former President Trump wanting to literally change shit in textbook he doesn't want like there's people that don't want slavery and shit taught in school they don't want that information out because what it makes us look bad yeah well you keep it out there in front to remind you of your mistakes so they don't happen again but a lot of these people who are like this are those kinds of people who deflect blame don't like to admit mistake things like that so it's not surprising okay and that meaning to write and you know me if you're new to the pod, I'll say it once. 
I'll say it damn near every time because it's almost a disclaimer. I'm no fucking lefty show. I'm no fucking Democrat. I am registered as independent. And again, the two-party system is archaic and fucking stupid. It's a big reason we're in the shit that we're in because those in power have done a fantastic job of pitting the two sides against each other because one side is so fucking riled up and idiotic that it's become what it has. So, and next week, I'm actually going to get into ways in which the right have revolted against democracy. And if you're intelligent enough or well-educated enough, you can see based on what other countries have done, what those, such as Russia, China, you, you, you want to look at some of those places, and particularly Russia, because a, a one Mr. Trump has ties with a one Mr. Putin. But you look at that country and see what that's about. We wouldn't be far off if we would have left Trump. Like, people don't understand. And I'm sure there's a chunk of people on the right that are like, okay, fine. But it wouldn't be democratic. So they can spew all they want about freedom and the constitution and democracy and all of this. But if it came to that, they'd still just keep right on up with with their ways. I mean, it's just, uh, but I'm off track again. I digress again next week. I'm going to talk some more about that shit. But those are my views. I think the art. The archaic two-party system needs to go. Like so many other areas. It's another place where um, um, the United States is way behind. So many other westernized nations. They have more than two fucking parties. It's a major problem here. The two-party system. But back to Thanksgiving, the history of Thanksgiving, and why it's hard to make Thanksgiving movies. Because, you know, Halloween, it's easy. Spooky stuff, scary stuff, trick-or-treating. There's lots of themes you can go with. Christmas, you got Santa, reindeer. The Grinch is always a popular thing. So you have things there. Thanksgiving, I mean, it's really just about nowadays just eating. (laughs) Eating with your family. For me, watching football. I like to eat and watch my football. I mean, I don't know. If you go back in time, it's not really the way it's painted to be. Like, it's not this special festive, like, hey, look at this. Like, make no mistake. The pilgrims, the settlers, there was obviously a lot of trouble with the Indians. We've never done right by the Native American. I shouldn't even say Indians. That's a terrible, because really, they're not Indians in the sense that you might know Indians from India, right? The Native Americans that are well said. 
they've never really, I mean, they've been treated horribly. I mean, it's, it's fucking terrible to think about it, it you know, this country and the mistakes we've made and yet we still make them and yet there's some people who would like to cover up the mistakes of our history i mean it's just consider the first thanksgiving november 1621 it was after the, the, the colonists' first corn harvest. Um, the governor at the time, the governor of this little, because what happened was basically they took this ship from Plymouth, England, or, or the, the ships, it's like 102 people, I think, the pilgrims, okay? And they get right outside of, let me see if I can find it. I had this goddamn article that's damn it. Hold on. History of Thanksgiving coming up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Origin of Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, okay. Basically, this was a year earlier. Okay. 1620. September 1620, 102 passengers, and they land um, to the New World, right? And they drop anchor near the tip of Cape Cod, okay? And through that first winter, most of them stayed on the ship, and about half of them died off due to disease and other things, and... Uh, um, then in March, springtime starts to warm up, remaining settlers, they went ashore. And at this time, they end up getting visited by um, a member of the Abenaki tribe who, who returns later to bring them Squanto from the Pawtuxet tribe. And he had been squantoed through a whole ordeal where he was kidnapped by an English sea captain and sold into slavery. And then he escapes to London um, before getting back home. And it's kind of crazy if you read about Squanto, but he taught the pilgrims how to cultivate corn and how to uh, get sap out of maple trees. Um, how to fish, what, what, what plants to avoid, shared a lot of knowledge with them. Um, and he helped them forge an alliance with a local tribe called the Wampanoag tribe. And really that's their alliance there that lasted for 50 years. And that's one of the only like I guess that like one of the only examples of that, right? A, there's not a lot of harmony between the pilgrims, the first settlers, and the Native Americans. But then um, 
the first corn harvest, they learning this knowledge from Squanto. Uh, Governor William Bradford, he got, he wanted to get this feast going. And he invited um, Native American allies to this feast and which were dwindling at that point. And uh, this is included the, the, the Wampanoag chief, Massasoit. And now this was considered the first Thanksgiving when 1621, when these pilgrims got together with some of these Native American allies um, to have a, a feast that lasted for three days. And then eventually, it took some time. There's a lot of debate about it, but Thanksgiving became a national holiday. Lincoln actually made it a national holiday during the Civil War. But uh, it's really been, you know, it, you start getting into the holiday, se holiday season and people are, you know, it's about family and coming together. And it's hard this year because we enter this particular holiday season as divided as ever in this country. And it's, uh, it's sickening to see all around. But, but try not to get too down. We, we got to keep it up. We got to keep going, people. Because, oh, shit. New sports entertainment section. We got some stuff to dive into. Got some stuff to think about, but then we'll have some fun with story time and the Mad Six, and oh, we'll have our fun along the way. Don't you worry. And I, I don't know. Did anybody see? Probably not a, a, a ton of NBA fans, but the Lakers and the Pistons played a game tonight. LeBron James, like fucking, it almost was like a swinging back punch, <laughs> like back fist. That's what I'm. What is that? Kenta from New Japan Wrestling called his shit. But anyway, he fucking slammed this Pistons player in the face. And uh, that dude was not having it. It took tons of, like, it would, he kept getting out of people's grasp and just fucking going after LeBron James. Like, LeBron James is lucky there were so many people that kept going at that dude to try and stop him because if that dude would have got his hand on LeBron James, his hands on LeBron James, he would have fucked the king up. That's all I'm saying. He would have fucked the king up. LeBron would have got tore, and he looked like in his face, he knew. LeBron seems like a tough dude, but that dude, that other dude, I can't even think of his name. What was it? Let's give this dude proper respect. I apologize. Let's give this dude proper respect. He would have whooped bronze ass. <sighs> I don't know. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what happened to it. I lost the article. Well, we'll get into it in a second. No, I got to find this dude's name that would have whooped LeBron James ass. <laughs> Uh, Isaiah Stewart. There we go. Apologies. Perhaps I'm from Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. Isaiah Stewart would have whooped the king's ass. Get your hands on you. Get your hands on you. 
Uh, okay. I guess this is a great time now that I'm falling apart at the end of the segment to take a break. Hand it over to our sponsors and come back uh, for news, sports, entertainment section. That's right. Only the cross out the sponsors part because I don't have any. pandemic obviously we all know that and um it's uh you know that division is really doing a good job of helping covid right now right cases are rising 38 states week to week on a week by week basis rising again heading into the holiday season people are going to be getting together with fams You know, it's terrible. Getting together with their families, not taking precautions. Because if there weren't so many goddamn anti-vax, anti-mask, anti-mandate type people, we'd have this beaten down a lot more. But it is what it is. I mean, it's something at this point we have to live with. It's like climate change. You, you know, there's, we haven't done enough. We're not going to be able to do enough to hit some of our marks. Shit's going to get worse. We just have to figure out what we can do to live with the changes that are coming with the climate. And then, you know, try and keep it from getting any worse. I mean, it's going to take a lot. But the same thing with COVID. We nip this in the butt. We take care of this. It's not as bad now, but not enough people believe in it. Not enough people behind science. And, yeah. We're already spiking. Holidays are going to make it worse. It's supposed to be a good time of the year. But it gets a little scary when you throw in the COVID, you know? Speaking of scary shit for the holidays, just tonight we had in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I apologize if I mispronounced that city or town of Wakasha, but they were having a holiday parade. Some asshole in a red SUV 
drove that SUV through the parade. 20 injured, multiple dead uh, adults, children. Somebody said I read something about hitting a girls dance team. I just, what the fuck is wrong with people? We don't really know anything up to this point as far as how many died, who they were. We don't know the cause. Apparently, they got the vehicle and have a person of interest in custody, but no information. I, I don't, they don't know if it's terrorist. If it's terrorism, then yeah. It sucks. It all sucks. We also had the Rittenhouse trial, the conclusion of that. Now this shit, I, I have a little bit of an issue with this whole situation. Because he was found not guilty. Now, is there a way you could convince me it might be possible he's did? not guilty of straight up murder okay you might be able to do that because i don't know if dude necessarily was like i'm gonna shoot somebody i'm gonna kill somebody more than likely i think it was stupid kid who got himself into a situation i think he was just trying to be cool you know because you look at his parents, what fucktards they are. I don't know. You look at it. Must have got a lot from them, the kind of people he's hanging out with. And it's terrible. That this even happened. It's terrible that the police were, you know what, we really appreciate you guys. We've all seen that video with the cop over the loudspeaker. I mean, this is how we're supposed to get shit done in this country. We're supposed to be allowed to protest. And people want to act like because a small percentage of protesters loot and riot. You want to paint them all in that picture? And then because this is a lot of people on that side finding, you know, oh, it's okay if the cops treat them like shit. They're breaking the law. They're not, they're protesting. I understand some riot and loot, whatever. But to paint all protesters as rioters, that's taking away our right to protest. And it's funny how so many of them that love to protect the Second Amendment forget about the right to free speech, or so it would seem. So you ask me, this was a situation that was just bad from the beginning. 
But regardless of that, dude still brought a rifle to essentially a fist fight, as I saw someone quoted. He did enter a situation he was neither trained for, prepared for, like the cops are really okay with some 17-year-old kid probably barely knows how to use a rifle. They're okay with him just walking around. Like, it makes, it's fucked. The, the whole situation's fucked. But not guilty? Mm, he's guilty of some shit. For sure. Again, not guilty of murder. I can see how maybe you could have... But manslaughter, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. Because now, not only will this kid be hailed as some hero, but now that's going to give prize to other people doing the same shit. The next time there's a protest, a lot more people are going to feel the need to go protect the streets, quote unquote, with their weapons. And yeah. It's unfortunate, and more of how the division is destroying us, and democracy for that matter. When you listen to this Monday, today, well, today is Sunday. <clears throat> well, not anymore. It's Monday. So today, <laughs> we'll get the decision on the Mod Arbery case, I believe. Or at least I think the jury comes back to deliberate. Maybe that's where we're at. But either way, decision coming soon. So I guess we'll discuss that next week. Hopefully there's some justice in that. But in world news, there's a tennis player, a female tennis player named Peng Shui, and she is Chinese. And she's accused, she'd accused early November, November 2nd, she accused government official um, in China of sexual misconduct, of forcing sex upon her. And then she kind of disappeared. And on the Chinese internet, you couldn't, you tried to look up her name, there was nothing. It was like she was erased. And then some government entity uh, released videos of her just making appearances or something at a dinner, at an event. There was something posted that was apparently attached to her name that said uh, the things that were posted were not true, something, something. And um, it's just a lot of weird shit to this. And so, of course, you know, World Tennis Association, the International Olympic Committee, they're, they're getting involved. And uh, the International um, Olympic Committee had a video call with her apparently today, and she said she's fine and everything like that, but they're not entirely convinced. I don't know who would be, because it seems weird. And it seems like uh, they basically got her at a point where, you know, keep your mouth shut. I, I, I don't know. China is some scary shit. 
help Peng Shui. You really think she's okay? You really think she's the fuck no? It, the, oh God! Hello, hello, China. This is Ch China. Can we pay more attention to this shit? I got a real problem. This this is fucking. The, uh, we already know about the camps, the Uyghur camps. We've got to put a stop to these motherfuckers. We've got to. This, this, it's like, it's setting up character-wise. Like, if you think about World Wars, the characters, like, think about World War II. Yeah, fucking Hitler. And uh, Mussolini on the one side. Then you had Stalin, who's kind of, it was cool with Hitler for a minute, right? But like ultimately, Hitler hated communism. <laughs> so they ended up obviously not working out. But you know, you had Churchill on the other side. And and you know, obviously America came in out, but but Churchill was like a big quote unquote character. In, in World War II. And I mean, it's almost, it's scary, but it's setting up for like World War III. You got fucking Putin, you got asshole in China. <laughs> I should know his name, but I can't remember. I mean, it's it just, man, there are some bad places out there. China's one of them. I did. We got to pay more fucking attention. Because this is the kind of shit where if you pay attention to this and you've seen similar shit in the history books, it, it, it's that's, that's what makes you afraid of Trump. Because that... It, it, people somehow get reelected and be able to do what he wanted. He would be able to do some pretty crazy shit. They're already in states you know, making it much more difficult to vote. It's just, they will do more of that shit to stay in power and to really destroy democracy in this country, basically. It would be a joke. <laughs> and he would really fuck you. I mean, the idea that in Russia, if you're publicly saying shit against Putin, you might end up missing. You don't put that shit past Trump? If, uh, oh, I don't know, something similar happens. The fake news thing, the, it, you know, everybody's a liar. Like, he admit, he said, he's never going to admit mistakes, anything like that. So if he does something wrong, you can't say shit about it off of their heads, you know, <laughs> off with their fucking heads. Because that's the scary shit I did. I mean, that's what scares me with Trump 
his ideologies, his followers. Because Trump's also kind of a fucking frumpy idiot. And you take someone with the same plans, I guess, who's much smarter. Um, that's dangerous. It feels like there's a lot of evil in the world right now. It's scary shit. It really is. And it's, uh, I mean, it just feels like, man. I know last week we kind of, or over the last, maybe it was last pod, pod before, apocalyptic type movie. But I, it really did. How can it, can it not feel any more apocalyptic? Like climate change is going to start fucking us up. Like there's a lot of evil around the world. Uh, this country's going to shit. Like, we're, we're, you know, we're supposed to be one of, one of the tops. We're going to shit. Like, no, no. a lot of bad stuff. It, and a lot of, you know, getting back to climate change, one of those things, because we're dealing with, you know, the COVID pandemic and, and things like that now. But one, one thing that is scary is the potential, you know, when that ice really starts melting in the Arctic, the potential for to get some sort of virus, to some sort of disease out of that, that would release something. That's a scary thought. If you read on that. And, you know, of course, I mentioned Waterworld when I was talking about all this, because to me, that's like, of course, if we get to that point, I mean, that's a bad point because the next situation, the next scenario, the next step is, you know, keeps getting hot and the oceans boil away. But uh, to have a world like that, it was just water. Actually, there might, and I say might, wink, be a planet just like that in one of the books I've been writing. You'll have to wait and see. You'll have to wait and see. But water world, such an the idea that we're going to start losing land to the oceans, you know, it's 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 crazy. And I found this article, and it is nine cities that could be underwater by twenty thirty. Number one, Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Two, Basra, Iraq. Number three. New Orleans, USA. Uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Venice, Italy, number four. Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, number five. Number six, Kolkata, India. Number seven, Bangkok, Thailand. Number eight, Georgetown, Guyana. And number nine, Savannah, USA. Savannah, Georgia. Now, Two spots in the U.S. And, you know, parts of, of Florida can't be, <laughs> I, it, it, like, 
that's the 2030. Talking at, at this point, that's just a little over eight years. Ooh. Right? No, I guess we'd have to go through all time. A little over nine years. <laughs> no, because once we get to 23, I was right. I was right. But, you know, that's not that much time. And Amsterdam, that sucks. I want to go to Amsterdam. <laughs> that's what people like. The end of our time on this planet is coming. Now, whether we do anything about that or not, we'll see. You know, scientists, space agencies, they're, they're all looking for ways. And uh, one idea I read about recently that some scientists have proposed is that jumpstarting Mars magnetic field to make it habitable. And I'm like, that seems like a pretty good fucking idea, right? How? That's a good fucking question. Because what you want to do, what, what they want to do with Mars, like if we're going to try and habitate that planet, I think that's the right way to put it. <laughs> We need to <clears throat> terraform, right? And increase atmospheric pressure above the Armstrong limit. Now, that is the threshold that allows humans to survive without a suit on, you know, one of the full body pressure suits. And below that pressure limit, water in the lungs, eyes, um, it, it starts to boil. So, we need that magnetic field to help generate, you know, that magnetic field protects us from a lot of the harmful shit coming from the sun, right? Now, one way to get that would be to restart and get circulating again, um, Mars iron core. If you remember, there was a movie called uh, The Core, which is actually pretty good, but it's about that happening here where the core of the Earth stops, so they want to get it restarted again, and uh, it's about a team that gets this, like, drilling machine to go to the center of the Earth to fix the core. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we wouldn't need... They wouldn't need, like, a lot of, a, a, you know magnetic field like a huge magnetic field but if they could somehow restart the core that would do wonders but they could also like create a continuous solid loop or loop of solid state magnets um it says here using a chain of coupled sources with a controlled beam or a plasma torus basically a big ring um I don't know, it sounds crazy. But it would be uh, like they'd set up this, this big ring, basically, between the Martian surface and orbit, it looks like. The plasma torus 
with blasted off moon material. <laughs> Sounds like it's a pain in the ass either way. But the idea of restarting the core just drew my attention because of the movie, The Core. But I mean, that, that's the kind of things we're going to have to, uh, to do. That there's lots of idea of possibly living in the, um, the old lava flow caves on Mars, right? So underground. And that's something we may have to do here. Move to underground eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary stuff. I know I said scary a million times. And it's Thanksgiving week, it's Turkey week. We should all be in a much happier mood. And there's so much crap to talk about, but you know, the serious stuff, serious stuff going on in the country, in the world. And I'm right with everybody that wants to go to Mars. That seems like that's a good idea. <laughs> Mainly just to get away, to get off Earth. But it's going to be a matter of do we figure something out for humanity before our time is up? It's a good question. Good question. And you know what? We're going to take a break, but this pod's already been going for a minute. We're, you know, we're already running. So we're just going to. We're just going to go with the one break and we're going to keep it rolling it into some story time. Now, story time. It's kind of like last week, a combination of different smaller stories. And basically, one thing I've missed uh, doing as of recent, there's a lot of things that kind of, you, you know, you either stopped doing because of the pandemic and you haven't gotten back to them yet, or maybe you stopped doing them during the pandemic and, and you see, yeah, this is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. And things are different now. And so you just don't do it anymore. But the one thing that I really, really do miss is going to concerts, going to shows. And um, I didn't really go to too many shows when I first lived here in Colorado, but uh, when I was living in Iowa, went to a lot of shows. <laughs> but I did go to a couple here. Uh, actually, my very first concert, if I'm to be completely honest, was a Boys to Men concert that I took a girl to. And uh, my friend and neighbor Hemingway, a Chinese dude, he took his girlfriend, which is a friend with my girl. So we took our girlfriends to Boys to Men. And Montel Jordan opened up, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. So anyway, that was the very first show I went to. Uh, yeah. Oh no, maybe that was number two. You know what? That was the second show I went to. The very first show I went to was Aerosmith with my mother. That's right. And Collective Soul was there. They opened Collective Soul uh, right off their first album, which featured their hit song, Shine. So 
very first concert was me and mi madre going to see Aerosmith, and that was a blast. Then the Boys to Men show with my boy Hemingway and my girlfriend at the time, Tiffany. Tiffany, what's her name? Then, then, I finally got into the metal scene, right? And I went to see the band, well, one of my favorite bands back in the day, Sepultura. Went to see them at the Ogden Theater here in Denver, Colorado. And it was amazing. I remember standing there close to the stage right uh, before they were to come on. And this old biker looking dude looked at me and my two buddies that were there. And you've heard me speak about Anu and Adrian. We were triple trouble, we called ourselves. That's right. But we went and saw Sepulcher, or we were standing there before Sepulcher came on. And biker looking dude looks at us and you guys ready to crack some fucking skulls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, puberty ass little boys' voices. Yeah, ready to crack some skull. But Sepultura was so much fun. It was amazing. I got my shirt signed by the drummer, Igor, Igor Cavalera. I was so happy. But then, Ozfest. Ozfest was such a big fucking part of my youth. The very first one, uh, the very first year they did it, I went to the one here in Colorado. I don't think they ever did another one in Colorado except for that first year, but I was here at the very first one. Uh, There, here, whatever. But I can remember the guys and I, not not my boys, Adrian and New from Triple Trouble, some other friends, we had decided, this is when I was just getting into high school, and we had decided we had to go to this fucking Ozfest. Yeah, we got to go to Ozfest. We have to do it this year. Or no, I shouldn't say this year, because that was like the first thing, but it's like, yeah, we got to do fucking Ozfest, man. Because we all talked about going to shows, and we had played in shows. We were a bunch of musicians. And, but we had never been to something like this. This was an all-day concert with like 20-some bands playing back to back. It was crazy idea. And if you get the idea of Ozfest, it was always a mainstay. Because you've, you've seen lots of like shoot-offs of this. There's like, a, and I guess Ozfest is kind of like, I guess there's Lollapalooza and there was Woodstock once upon a time. And man, did I love some fucking Woodstock. Never went to a Woodstock. But what was it? Woodstock 94? The Green Day performance where they, where they had the mud fight. There's <laughs> some good shit. But anyway, Primus. Primus was at Woodstock 94. They were great. But, uh, you know, this was kind of a thing. This was like, hey, this is for metal bands. And it's an all-day thing where you just go watch bunch of different bands so we were like fucking awesome and i remember on the main stage power man 5000 machine head fear factory marilyn manson who else was there was pantera i think pantera might have been there um i don't i don't remember who who all was headlining manson and then somebody i want to say pantera i'm not sure if that's right (laughs) 
But then Ozzy, Black Sabbath, they would close out the show. There was a main stage and a second stage, and you had all the upcoming bands going on in the second stage. And it was just a blast going to see some of the, the younger bands, the newer bands, and then, you know, the main stage. It was just awesome. So this particular one, we, we had, it was at the old Mile High Stadium. We had like seats. We weren't in like a, a mosh type area. We had seats and uh, we sat right in front of this older couple and uh, they started sharing some weed with us. And they were like, hey, we're gonna go to the bathroom, do this and that, uh, make sure no one takes our seats or anything. And we're like, cool. Somebody comes and they do take their seats. Here's the thing, they had fucking tickets. So the people, so the couple were like just trying to nab people's seats and then they come back and they're all mad at us. And it's like, what, what are you pissed at us for? We're not going to hold your seats if you don't have tickets and you're sitting in someone else's seat, like fucking assholes. But it was actually that year I got expelled from school, ended up moving to Iowa to live with my dad. And then that next summer, I went to OzFest again. I went to OzFest almost every fucking year. One year I didn't go. I had the tickets. Had the tickets. Didn't go because my dad woke up the day OzFest and decided his car wouldn't make it. Because the closest OzFest to me where I was in Iowa was Somerset, Wisconsin. It's about four or five hour drive. Um, and couldn't make it so we were pissed we had all this weed and all this money so we ended up just going and buying a bunch of cds me and my buddy chris just went and bought some cds smoked a bunch of weed listened to the cd <laughs> we, we were so bummed out that was the one year i missed it the year they had tool and practice and i fucking missed it ah <sighs> But every other year I went, and the way the place they had it in Somerset, Wisconsin, it was almost like a crater in the earth. And it was great because it was just like this big bowl. And then, you know, you had the space around it. They'd have the second stage on one side, main stage on the other, and it was a blast. It was the best thing. And I had a couple of different, quite like one OzFest uh, very early on in the day. <laughs> I was in a pit at the second stage and one giant guy pushed me. And I'm not the biggest dude. I'm about 5'10", buck 50. Not big. Big guy shoves me. I go flying into the back of another big guy, smash my nose, broken nose, I'm done for the fucking day. Done for the fucking day. So I'm literally just sitting there on my ass on the ground the rest of the day watching the show because just my nose to the touch hurts like a motherfucker. And another one, another uh, Ozfest, I had been with a former friend and guitar player, um, dude named Casey. And this dude, uh, 
I think his dad drove down. Yeah, we took like his dad's like van type thing, or was it like a RV? It might have been an RV. Um, but at some point, I lost everybody, and I started talking with this girl, and I basically hung out with this girl the rest of the Ozfest, and. I was still chilling with her when Ozzy and Seth and all them got done playing. And I'm like, oh shit, I need to go find my ride. These motherfuckers were driving out. I'm like walking down the line of cars, like trying to see if I can see them. Luckily, they end up seeing me as they're coming up in the line. But I'm like, these motherfuckers are going to leave without me. <laughs> but I found them. That would have been a, I don't know how the fuck I would have got home, to be honest. <laughs> Guess I got lucky. But I've been to a lot of good shows. And even outside of metal, like I said, Aerosmith, Boys to Men, I've seen shit like Stomp. If you've never seen any Stomp, just YouTube Stomp New York. Uh, but it's basically a group of people and they make music out of trash cans and brooms and all sorts of shit. It's amazing. And then Blue Man Group, they were a lot of fucking fun to see. They do lots of interesting stuff. So big fan of music and just, you know, concerts in general. And uh, haven't been to one in a while. The wife and I used to go see the band Psycho Stick whenever they came around. And uh, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Hopefully someday soon. Hopefully someday soon. All right. Let's go ahead and knock out the end of this pod. Get into the Mad Six. And because it's Turkey Week and Thanksgiving. Excuse me. Thanksgiving Week. Turkey. Turkey Week. Thanksgiving Week. Turkey Week. We're going to do faith things about fucking Thanksgiving, right? That's what we're going to do. So we begin. That because again, can't do fucking Thanksgiving movies. There are any, and there's none, none, maybe a few other than Thanksgiving, but nothing worth a damn, right? So, favorite things about Thanksgiving number six, it is really kind of the true beginning of the holiday season because we get into uh, you know, Halloween and stuff, and I love October and all of that, and it does start this, you know, three month journey of like oh you got halloween thanksgiving christmas you know and really you got new year's and 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 fucking valentine's day so it really keeps going but fucking valentine's day anywho it does feel like true beginning we're getting into the you know holiday christmas type spirit uh, we actually already got our little tree up. We don't normally do it till the day of Thanksgiving or the day after, but uh, this year we went a little earlier. Uh, the four-year-old was fucking nonstop talking about it. That's part of it. <laughs> he was ready to go. You know what I'm saying? He is ready. Ready for some motherfucking Christmas decorating. So, yeah, true beginning of the holiday season. Number five, bread. Bread, just anything kind of anything bread, anything bread. I know my mom 
always makes uh, around the holiday season, uh, carrot bread. Um, not big on carrots. And I know I remember eating it as a child, but uh, I've lost my taste for it as an adult, but it smells delicious. So whenever she makes it here, I love the smell of it. It smells great. I always would want her to make me just some of the bread without the carrots in it because it's, it smells like a bread. Anyway, <laughs> dinner rolls. I love dinner rolls with my Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. I just feel like there's a lot of good bread stuff during Thanksgiving. <laughs> there's a lot of good bread stuff. I love bread stuff. So there you go. Number four, no work. I fucking love having days off for it. I really do. Now, don't get me wrong. I've worked plenty on Thanksgiving because I've worked in the restaurant industry and there's plenty of restaurants that decide to stay open on Thanksgiving. So I've worked plenty of Thanksgiving, but uh, not this year, my friends. No, 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 not this year. Number three, football. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? No work. You just get to be lazy, eat all day while you watch football. I mean, there's plenty of non-football fans, uh, my wife being one of them. But uh, I love the football. Fucking love it. So goes right along with my personal Thanksgiving tradition. And then we go to number two. Turkey dinner. Turkey dinner. Just give me a fuck stuffing, fuck cranberry sauce. I'm going to tell you right here. My turkey dinner. This I just want a nice big pile of white meat turkey, okay? I want a big pile of mashed potatoes. I want that shit covered in gravy, yes. And then I want a few dinner rolls. A little bit of salt. And then in my fucking fork and get out the goddamn way. That's what I want. Just give me that. My turkey dinner. <sighs> so good. I love it so much. I remember working at Village Inn. I've worked at Village Inn a handful of times. One of my favorite things to take home was just get, because they actually get them little turkeys and they roast those fucking turkeys, slice them up. They're using some good ass turkey too. My favorite shit would just be to take home a nice, just, I just throw few slabs of turkey in there, a couple of scoops of mashed potatoes, gravy. I don't know why I went, it's not like you spray the gravy with like a, so turkey dinner. And then number one, the number one, mad six, my number one of the mad six for things pertaining to Thanksgiving is, uh, hanging out with my fam and fuck no i do not mean like extended fam i mean <laughs> i occasionally see my mother on thanksgiving that's fine i like my mom and i like my brothers but i mean and that i, I don't know. haven't had a big thing like that since yeah it's been years but just to have, have a day with the wife and kids where we don't have to, you know, because we have days off, right? But normally my days off, the wife's got to work a little. 
and we do have the one day off week where we both have it off, but then we've got other errands to run and shit to do and recharging the batteries. We're tired. We're, you know, so it's kind of, you know, a day where we don't have to do shit. Nothing's open, really. So we don't have to worry about our bills or anything like that. No, no, no. We don't do have any responsibility. No, it's a holiday. Eat. Chill. Watch TV. And me in the wife's case, smoke weed. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a good day. It's a good day. And um you know, I'm not one who's going to be like, yeah, it's a celebration of America and things like that. Because I don't, I, Thanksgiving also harkens back some uh, negative shit between us and, and the Native Americans, you know. So I don't, I don't look at it as some celebration or anything like that. Just think, you know, I think a lot, a way a lot of people do nowadays, it's just it's a holiday and a, and a and uh, a reason to come together, you know, an excuse to come together. And um, yeah, I'm glad it's in a few days. I'm ready for it. I'm really just ready for turkey. I missed it. I love turkey. Oh, fuck. I love turkey. I can't say it enough. Pile of turkey, pile of taters, smothered in gravy, salt. Yeah, with some salt. And then a few dinner rolls. Throw in a cherry Pepsi to drink. And I'm in heaven. I can't wait. It's a few days away. I can't wait. Reminds me. I need to get that turkey up the freezer here soon, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think that's what I got for you, Madcaps. I really do. I really, really do. Because it's pretty late. So I'm going to have a little snackaroo, watch a little TV, maybe watch some Game of Thrones. See, that's how you know it's time for me to go. Battle of Blackwater is what I was trying to say. But it's time for me to get the fuck on, beat feet, hit the road, Jack. You know what I mean. I'm going to get the hell out. That's all right. That's all right. Happy Thanksgiving, Magcaps. Happy Turkey Week. I hope you have a good